Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Sakari. Good morning. My name is Frank Sakari, and you are listening to Life Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, today, this is our fifth show of 2020, and so far, 2020 has been a tremendous success. I appreciate your support, so keep listening and tell all your friends. Now, since we started this show back in July, people have often asked me, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And this is what I tell them. A life-altering event is something we can either choose or something that's thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. What life-altering events present us with are opportunities to seize the moment and make a difference in our life and in the lives of our loved ones. They are a fork in the road, and we have a choice. Now, we can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage, pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Please always remember this. It is never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. Now, as you listen to this show in the coming weeks and months, and I hope years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming episode. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page on voiceamerica.com, click on email the host, and tell me about this event that so drastically altered your life how you addressed it, the impact it had on your life, and where you are now. We will review it for content, and if it fits well into the program, we'll contact you about using it in a future broadcast. Now, we have over 23,000 listeners in 16 countries. So let me share your story with the world. Today, our life-altering event is moving from chaos to clarity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever noticed that good answers and good choices rarely occur when we're stressed out or we're in crisis mode? Just think about it. Think about when that's occurred to you. When you're overwhelmed at work or in your marriage or dealing with your children, are you in the best frame of mind to make a good decision? Of course you're not. You have too many thoughts, or better yet, too many conflicting thoughts racing through your mind. You cannot focus. You cannot find clarity of thought. You cannot rationally weigh the pros and cons. It's like trying to hold back the ocean at high tide. You are simply reacting to a situation you cannot change, you cannot alter, and you cannot win. Our cluttered mind then tells us that we have failed or we have lost. And as we continue to dwell on the negative aspects of loss and failure, our stress and crisis moves to frustration and then depression. We have to break this pattern. But how? How do we break this pattern? Today, we're going to hear some stories from people who picked up the pieces, 
dealt with their grief, and continue to move forward toward better times and better people. My guests today are two best-selling authors, Reverend Patricia Canginello and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, and they are the authors of the book, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. Now, before I bring them in, let me tell you a little bit about these two amazing authors. Kat is an international speaker and author and is known as the Queen of Dreams in her syndicated columns and as a PR guru, video podcaster, radio show host of Dreaming Healing. She's a three-time breast cancer survivor whose dreams diagnosed her illness before the doctors did. She's also a multi-award winning author, dream expert who has been seen on Dr. Oz, on Doctors, on NBC, and CBS. Now, Patricia is the founder of Sacred Stories Media, a conscious online media network. And as an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, Patricia believes every story is a sacred story. She has worked in the corporate and education worlds, and she proudly served six years as a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. Now, that's impressive. Sacred Stories includes the Sacred Stories Publishing, an award-winning traditional publishing and marketing company, Garnett Press, a self-publishing book division, and Sacred You, an online course division. Kat and Patricia, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you. This is Kat. Thanks, Frank. Happy to be here. Love having you on, ladies. I, I love this book. I, it, it, these are actual stories of people telling their story. Patricia, let me start with you. Tell the listeners about the book and what motivated you to put these stories together. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for, for asking. And I feel like we couldn't be on a more perfect show than life-altering events for our broadcast to Clarity because um, it's full. It's filled with stories of life-altering events. And, and I feel that we're, we're kind of kindred souls, Frank, because, because Sacred Stories was created in order to not only help me share my story because I know that we, we learn, we grow, we receive um, <clears throat> support in the sharing of our stories, um, but to help others share those as well. So, so that was kind of the, the, the nut, you know, the, the beginning uh, of where the book came from because in conversations with Kat, um, we were saying, you know, how do we, you know, let's work together a little bit more extensively. You know, like we started as colleagues and we're like, how else can we kind of bring our passions to the world? And then we decided that it was in helping, you know, not just maybe, you know, individual authors, but, but a group, a collective of authors as a, in a multi-author book to share their stories because we, we both understand, you know, the, the power, the power in the story. Chad, before, we get, our, some of, before we get into mm-hmm. some of these individual stories, um, most people acknowledge change is inevitable, yet so many people fear change or dislike the idea of change. Now, two, the two of you have written that change is not only necessary, but it's good for you. Could you elaborate on that? Um, yes, Patricia. You know, I, I I'm, one of the things that Kat and I felt really strongly about in the book is that we really, 
had different voices, and we spoke from our places of not only experience but expertise. And so in the book, I share from the spirituality of change, being an interfaith, interspiritual author. And I believe change is good for us. I know change is good for us because it's the golden nugget. You know, it's the golden nugget that will, if we choose, like you said, to do something more positive with us, it kind of shakes us out of our what I call our distracted life. You know, my life was, was fine. I was going along. I was married. I was, um, I was uh, you know, kind of the quintessential suburban soccer mom, you know, raising my kids. And, and I wasn't passionately and, and, you know, living life to the, to the fullest, but I was, thought it was good enough, you know, it was good enough, but I really wasn't in contact with who I was and what I was about and what really fueled my heart. You know, it's interesting, there's a, uh, I never really shared this story, but I remember one time we were having a party at our house and somebody I didn't even know said to me, um, you know, so what makes you happy, right? And I was just like, or what do you like to do? And I was like, uh, I couldn't even answer her. I was so struck by the question and I said, I, you know, and I started talking about my kids and she said, no, you, not your kids, you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I couldn't, I didn't know. I actually didn't know. And so change is good because even though my change was traumatic, I went through an unexpected divorce and, and you know, again, I've, I've you know, cried a thousand rivers. Um, it it shook me out of my, my living, almost like a half-life, and it really put me on the path to discover deeper meaning, deeper joy, deeper passions in my life. Kat, what do you say to people who we run into and they just, they're afraid? They're just afraid of change. Um, you know, I tell them that it's perfectly natural. It's in our DNA to be afraid of change. Um, there's actually a word for it. It's metathesiophobia. And uh, it is not only the fear of change, but also the fear of death, which is the ultimate fear of change. And it's because as human beings, we like routine. We're comfortable when we find something that works, keeps us safe, makes us feel good. We don't want to move out of that. So it's perfectly normal to not want to change until our back is against the wall and we are in that, you know, do or die moment sometimes, which some of the stories in the book were. And uh, then it's a case of, you know, you can't continue to embrace the devil you know because you're afraid of the one you don't know. And they step into that clarity and move forward. So it's okay to be afraid to change. It's perfectly normal. Like I said, it's actually, you know, wired into our DNA. So, um, you know, to, to have that hesitation is all right, but you should never let it completely hold you back if it's time for a change. <clears throat> and the critical point is determining when is it time for that chain. Mm-hmm, what do you tell exactly. people? Well, you know, when you find that you can't sleep because you're worried about where you are in your life, when you find that the situations are overwhelming because our sleep is so important. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a major sleep guru and dream guru. And um, when you can't sleep and you can't connect with your inner guidance and your inner self to keep you on your path in life, then it's time to make a change. Something is disturbing you. It's putting you into a state of dis-ease, which can grow. And uh, it's time to look around and say, okay, I, I need to take a leap of faith here because that's what change is and move into a different place 
of, of living, whether it's making a complete move to another city, which can be very frightening, or another job. You know, you've got to give up the one that you know you're getting a paycheck for. You know you can pay the bills with that paycheck, but the idea of moving into something else, well, will I be able to meet my financial uh, needs with this new job? And it's amazing how sometimes it's not till all of our money's cut off and our happiness is cut off and, and our friendships are cut off that we say, okay, well, now that I'm totally miserable, <laughs> it's time <laughs> to make a change. And sometimes we don't need to quite wait that long. Patricia, you write about change as a catalyst for spiritual transformation. Elaborate that for our listeners. What's that mean? You know, one of the quotes that kind of came to me through my journey, you know, it's been eight years uh, since, you know, I, the big change in my life happened. And um, one of the quotes that came for me was, in the experience is the emotion, and in the emotion is the gift. And and it was really powerful for me because part of my, my process or part of the spiritual journey, I believe, is being able to look at, the experiences in our lives and see the see the value, see the gift within the experience, and so the because it helps us to go deeper. So when the pain, right, or the change is so dramatic or traumatic, um, and it could be a joyful change as well. It doesn't have to just always be traumatic. You could have a child or get married or other many other joyful events. But when the change is so significant that it catches our attention, that it stops us in our tracks, that it makes us, the, the emotion is um, so deep that it, it doesn't allow us to just continue on in our life, many times it, it um, encourages us to go deeper, to look for deeper answers, to experience life more fully. I mean, you see that when people, even when they have illness, you know, a lot of times people may say, you know, I would never wish that illness on anyone, but ultimately it was the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Because they started to open up, they started to go deeper, they started to experience life more fully. And, and for many people, that, that launches them into um, a spiritual journey, you know, um, and, that, and that's what happened for me. So, yes, I believe change is a catalyst if we choose uh, for spiritual transformation. I've seen so many, uh, I was a medic in the military um, during the Vietnam era, and I saw a lot of life-altering events occurring to people. And one of the things that I saw quite a bit was they made a major shift in what they wanted to do with their life or where they, where they wanted to go after this type of life-changing event. Do you see that in, in your travels and in your stories? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there there are people that their entire life shifted. I mean, my entire life shifted in in, in many ways because because of the event. Um, you know, the, I think you know what you said in the beginning, Frank, is so absolutely true. It's really about the choices, right? And we have the choice to choose how we respond to the event. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting because even in the book Chaos to Clarity, in the in the closing afterward. You know, I write a section called What's the Plan, Stan? And it really talks about the perspective we bring. Um, and even, you know, to follow up with what Kat's saying, 
a lot of times we believe whether the change is even something we want, that somehow we're going to be worse off than we were before, you know, in some way. It's going to diminish us instead of expanding our life experiences. And so, so the choice that we have of how we um, perceive the change and the choices we take going forward um, in many ways absolutely can completely transform people's lives and their paths. Now, Kat, one of the, the, the most of our listeners are, are women, and they find themselves in less than desirable circumstances. When I got your book, I just opened it up, and the first chapter that I went to was uh, Courage is Fear That Said Its Prayers. I think it was by Teresa Velarde. And it was about a young woman with a pending sense of doom about her upcoming marriage, but she went through with it anyway. So what do you say to people who are facing a life-altering event and feels a sense of doom? Well, you know, um, Teresa and I are, 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 you know, close friends of just speaking so often, especially, you know, getting her story into the book. And, um, you know, uh, what she, the, the, the clarity that she came to was you need to listen to your inner self. She, her inner self was saying, don't do this, Teresa, don't do this, or a higher power was coming in, but she did it anyhow because she didn't want to let down all the other people who had come to see her get married. She she walked into that marriage with her eyes halfway open, anyhow, knowing that there were there were some real problems. There was addiction with the man that she was going to marry, and so um, I would say to people who are in a situation, who maybe you know got into a situation and and find that they're now over their head in that situation, I. I I kind of think about what Winston Churchill said, you know, when walking through hell, keep going. Um, Don't stop and stew in it. Keep going. Walk toward that clarity. Find help if you need help, but just get out of that situation. And in Teresa's case, she went to AA for spouses of... um, who are married to somebody who has a drinking problem. And it really gave her the strength. She didn't do it alone. It gave her the strength to actually forgive her spouse and get out of that marriage because she had been, her life had been threatened and she was afraid for the life of her child. She had to actually run away and hide. So, you know, it happens more often than we actually realize. And getting married by itself is a life-altering event, but when we marry and we find that we're in a situation that we didn't think could get that bad, then it's really life-altering, and we have to find a way to save our life. So uh, it happens, um, and, and uh, it's part of our, our growth in this lifetime. And so we have to kind of look at that chaos that we're in and keep walking, walk toward the light, walk toward that clarity. And what Teresa found was forgiveness was her key to getting out of that chaos. She used forgiveness and the help of others through AA to get her out of that situation. So her story ends on a very positive note. Her son now is grown, and um, he's, he's a successful young man, and and uh, Teresa loves doing her pottery and writing books, and she's in a place she never remarried, uh, but she didn't feel like she had to. She was strong enough just by herself. So her, her clarity was pretty profound. 
That's an amazing story. It was a, I just happened to open the book to that chapter. Well, we're up against the break here, and this first segment went way too fast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Patricia Canginello and Cat O'Keefe Cannabis. These are both best-selling authors, and they wrote the book from Moving from Chaos to Clarity. We had two more segments with them. It's going to get better. The next two segments are even better than the first, so don't go away. We'll be right back. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. book frank zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event frank is a dynamic entertaining and fascinating storyteller your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately email frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We are having a tremendous conversation about moving from chaos to clarity. And with us today are two best-selling authors who wrote the book, Moving from Chaos to Clarity, Reverend Patricia Canginello and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. And this first segment went way too fast, but we got into a number of very interesting topics, and we're going to continue with that. Uh, Kat, you are Mm -hmm. a three-time breast cancer survivor, and you're a strong advocate of uh, dream healing. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that terrifies people, particularly someone who's had a relative die from an incurable disease, is hearing, you have a terminal disease. Now, you heard those words. I did. 
How do you I turn did. that my into mother a li- had, uh, Yeah, my mother had died of, of colon cancer about six to eight months before I was officially diagnosed by the doctors, even though my dreams had been telling me for three months that I had breast cancer and I kept going back to them. Um, and so by the time the pathology report validated my precognitive dreams, when that pathology report came in and said, yes, <laughs> you know, the doctors did, or the medical community did miss uh, your breast cancer for the past three months using mammograms, blood tests, and physicals, I was scared out of my mind. I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, you took that and turned it into a very liberating event, and you, and you coach people on that. How did you do that? Well, you know, um, I believe that when we're back is up against a wall, as were most of the people in Chaos to Clarity, um, your inner selves come through to you in dreams, and they use signs, symbols, words, uh, pictures, whatever it takes to try and keep you alive unless it, it is your time to go. It, you know, if, if you've done everything you're supposed to do here on the earth plane, maybe it's time for you to go, which my mom was, even though I didn't want her to. Um, so the, there, there is um, a story that I wrote in the book about when my, you know, my mother was dying. It was called uh, The Moon Was Full the Night My Mother Died. So, you know, when you get that, that, that uh, you, you hear those words, you have a terminal illness, you suddenly realize you have got to get all of your inner self and your gumption together to work with the medical community in order for you to really heal, not only physically, because, but, but spiritually, because we are mind, body, and spirit. And so if you just work on the body and you're missing the spirit, you're only really half healed, at least that's what I feel, because I, I believe in the psychology of healing. And most of the stories that I comment on the book in Chaos to Clarity are from the, the psychological point of view because that's what, what I'm trained in. And, and Patricia, be, being a reverend, she, she looked at all the stories from a, a spiritual point of view. And so from a psychological point of view, I realize that when your mind is behind you and your dreams are guiding you, your physical body is going to follow. And when your body is leading the charge, you're going to be backed up by your mind, your spirit, and your dreams. And we all need to work together. All those aspects of our being here on the earth plane need to work together in order to come to a place of wellness. And one of the things that was so impressive in that chapter, two words, was, and and reading your story, Kat, was where do you find the courage, be it psychology or, or spiritual, when the doctors who are who are supposed to be in quotes all all knowing say no there's nothing wrong but you but you know that there is and you continue to push where does that courage come from it comes from within and from your dreams i mean in my case i was having my regular nightly dream and suddenly my dream would freeze like a page on your computer and a pop-up would appear, just like on your computer, and that pop-up window would turn into a door, and a monk walked through. And 
I didn't have monks in my dreams before, right. and I'm not Catholic, so I, 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 it caught my attention, which is what your dreams want to do. And they said, come with us, we have something to tell you, and then they took my hand, put it on my breast, said, do you feel that? I said, yes. They said, that's breast cancer. You go back to your doctor. So with my monks coming into my dreams whenever my doctors would say, ah, you're healthy, go home. See, your mammograms are great. Your blood tests are great. You're too young for breast cancer. It doesn't run in your family. We'll see you in six months. The monks would come back into my dreams and go, no, 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 no. Here's a feather. This little white feather right here is a sword. You go back and you verbally fence with them using this feather, and you're going to get the exploratory surgery you need. So having those monks, having my inner self um, come from a place of power and spirituality in my dreams gave me the wherewithal to stand in my power and speak my truth as a woman and say, no, you know, I'm not leaving. Uh, you're going to have to call security to drag me out of your office because I'm not going till I get the tests I need to find what I know is there even though it's not showing up in the tests you're using now. We need to go to the next level of tests. And that's what, what we have to do as women. We have to just, you know, stand strong. You know, um, this is Patricia. Frank, if it's okay, can I just jump go in? Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. Because, because, you know, the book, Chaos to Clarity, is filled with people, men and women, that, that found the courage, you know, and, and there's stories that speak, speak specifically. We have one by uh, this woman named Cassandra Tyndall, who her whole story was she was told to, you know, children are meant to be seen and not heard. You know, your voice doesn't matter. And, um, and how much that profoundly affected her life and being able to stand up in her power and, and um, create the life that she deserves and that she's, you know, able to do. And she shares that story. And through her sh- sharing that story, it's, it's those guideposts. You know, that's the power of story, right? So others can mm-hmm. read and see and, um, and feel um, through others' experiences. And today, Cassandra um, has a uh, Women's Straight Talk magazine and television show. And she's all about empowerment and sharing story and, and empowering others and and that we have a book of 30 stories in there that, that very much at the heart of all of them is where the person finds the courage, you know, the heart, the heart of the lion that's within all of us. And so um, Cats is absolutely a, a phenomenal story, but there's a, there's a, it's filled with those stories, and I think that's the power. That's the power of storytelling, and that's the power of chaos to clarity, you know, the book. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to get this book, Chaos to Clarity. This is something that not only will inspire you, but you may see your you may see yourself in some of these stories. And you do have a choice, and you do have courage. And I've been told over and over throughout my life, you're stronger than you know. Let's continue on, Patricia. Just before Christmas, our show was about remembering loved ones and coping with the profound sense of loss and trauma and grief that, that we go through. Uh, in, 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 your, uh, in the book, chapter, Danny's story, uh, was the, the, wind be- the, the wind beneath my wings. Um, you wrote that it's time for change the paradigm of spiritual transformation through trauma to one of joy. Okay, now that's mm-hmm. a lot harder than it sounds. How do you teach people that? Well, you know, I think that... Where, what I think is important is that 
we we can experience spiritual transformation through joy. I think what's happening in this world is there's so much chaos and energetically because of um, the oneness that we all share, because of the universal connection that we have um, with each other and actually with the with the natural world, that we, um, you know, the good we get from others, we also can sometimes kind of go down that rabbit hole and, and focus on the trauma, focus on the negativity. And really as a, as a, a minister, you know, um, or someone who I hope shares words of consciousness, you know, what I'd like to offer to people is that it's the deep emotion, right? It's the event that we start paying attention to. And those events can be joyful. We can transform our lives. We can deepen into um, the life that we came here to live through joyful events. So sometimes, you know, Frank, the trauma happens. You know, this book is, this book has many stories of, of people who suffered tremendous trauma. You know, there's a there's, uh, story of a woman whose uh, child died. There's Danny's story where it was the love of her life who died. There's a woman who lost her husband. Um, there's illness. There's abduction. There's addiction. <laughs> but there's, there's love. And later in life, love. And there's joy and there's laughter. And so, um, so I think when it's the trauma... You know, we draw the strength, we draw the courage, and we, you know, we find our way through, as, as Kat said, and we, and we draw inspiration from others, like this book provides. Um, and at each point along the way, um, we have a choice. We have a choice of how we show up. And, and, and once we're far enough in, I think that we can start moving through. Um, I just want to say to people who might be really suffering right now, that doesn't mean that how you're feeling or, or um, who you're missing or the, the change in your life doesn't hurt. It hurts like hell. You know, I say I spent more time on my bedroom floor in a heap of puddle of tears for the first year than I did anything else. You know, I seriously contemplated suicide at a point in my life, and that's a whole other story where that went. But, but it's real. So I'm never going to stand here and go, oh, you know, hey, Find the joy, you know, get over it. Life's great. Um, no, you know there's pain. There's pain and you feel it, and, um, and then you get through with, with the support of others and with inspiration from others. But the part that I think I want to make, the point that in case of clarity, what Kat and I were really um, uh, wanted to make sure is that every story had that point. Every story had the turn. Every story had where somebody made it through. And what's really just so beautiful, Frank, that even the people that lost loved ones, even through the the death stories, is that they turned their life around when they started to look at how they could help others, when they started looking outside their own pain and they started um, seeing how they can be of service. And so one of the stories in our book is a woman who... Um, lost her husband unexpectedly in a car accident, and, and she contemplated suicide for a number of years. She went on simply for her daughters, but it was the point that she started volunteering and helping other women that she turned her life around. And, and that woman's name is Deborah Bouvet, and she runs um, a large Internet radio network now and that shares stories and empowering um, um, hosts. So 
Very, very long answer, but um, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's a process. It's not always easy, but but there's people that care. Um, and then again, the, the point to look outside ourselves sometimes and in service to others is where a lot of people will help make that turn, you know, also. The challenge for many people is, is taking that first step. They will lock themselves in. They go through the, the emotional trauma, and they can't even leave their house. When you run into people that are, are that hurting that much, what do you suggest or, or how do you coach them as to taking that first step? Because once you take the first step, you tend to move forward. It's like that inertia thing. If body in motion continues to go in motion, how do you get them to take that first step? Right. So my my experience was I never believed anybody could be hurting as bad as I was hurting. I thought my pain was was so deep and so unique. And so when anybody ever said to me, how are you doing? I'd say, fine. You know, I never really let them in fine. I figured they didn't really want to know anyway. And I wrapped that pain around me and, and um, tightly, right? And I was getting through every day I was going to work, but I was like a like a zombie. You know, I was doing what I had to do to function because I had kids. Um, But anytime anybody said, how are you doing? I'd say, fine. Until one day, I received a text from one of my male cousins, actually, uh, out in California. Hadn't heard from him in a while, and he had been previously divorced. And he was, you know, the big, you know, sports guy. You know, I think of him like the alpha male. And he says to me, you know, text, how are you? And I said, fine. And then he texts, no, how are you really? And I, and I so I gave him a little bit of an opening, and I said, you know, it's a little harder than I thought. And his response, Frank, still today, I mean, I still talk about it. His response was, may peace find you and wrap you like a warm blanket. And I'm reading this, you know, from my alpha male sports cousin, and I'm like, what did he just text to me? And then I was like, oh, my God. You know, he must understand how I feel. Like, he must get it. Like, I I never really got that other people could actually understand how I felt. But with that text, I knew he did. And then I said, oh, my gosh, if he gets it, then others get it. Like, others have to understand because they've felt this level of pain themselves. And and then that opened me up completely, Frank. I started looking at the world differently. I say that's actually the day that I learned empathy. Um, and that's the day I started to heal. When I realized that others really did understand and I didn't have to, um, you know, own my pain, you know, so, so solely just me. We had uh, on the show several weeks ago, um, Mel Robbins. And one of the things that she has said was, stop saying you're fine. It's okay mm-hmm. to say, no, it, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm struggling, I need help. Saying you're fine is basically pushing yourself further and further behind. And I'm glad you brought that out because that just verifies you're not fine. You, can, you, you do need help. You do need people. Well, we're up against another break, ladies and gentlemen. So we have two segments, and these have been tremendous. The next segment's going to be even better yet. So do not go away. We'll be right back.
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We have had two tremendous segments of conversations about Chaos to Clarity, with uh, the authors of the book, Chaos to Clarity, uh, Reverend Patricia Canginello and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. And these two ladies are absolutely uh, amazing. The, the stories that they have and the things that they've been through in their life and how they've rallied people to get out of their funk, for a lack of a better word here. Uh, let's continue on here. Kat, the, in, in, the, in the chapter... Coming of age overnight is about a young girl finding her way and her identity after her parents divorced. Okay, mm-hmm. I've lived through I lived through this myself. What suggestions are there for the parent who's in this situation, and and for the young men and women whose lives have been shattered? What what do you say to them? How do you help them? Well, you know, Sarah points out, and, and all of our authors actually teach through their stories. We didn't have any teaching or preaching in the book, but, you know, you, you walk away with a lesson after reading the story. And being 15, you know, she's just becoming hormonal. She's, uh, you know, just going into the dating phase of her life and, and, and looking for love. And her parents get divorced, and she's over in Portugal at the time. And what what she mentions in her story is how, you know, she had to choose which parent she was going to live with, which uh, was very um, which was very upsetting to her because 
she wanted to live with them both. She wanted to continue her life as it had been going, but now her parents are getting divorced and she's got to make choices. And what, what I found extremely interesting is once she chose the parent to, to, to live with, which was her mother, the one that she really didn't want to live with, um, she found that she w- when she started dating, her, her father was really more the extrovert and her mother was more the introvert in the marriage, and she found her personality was a combination of those two. She would start out as the extrovert, and then as the relationship continued, she would shift into the controlling, needy introvert. And so she came to the conclusion uh, by the end of the book that we are a bit of both in our lives, or a bit of both of our parents. And uh, she realized that it was important to look at all the opportunities that would come to her, no matter her situation, be grateful for them, say yes, and move into that opportunity in order to move forward in her life. So it was, a, it was just a beautiful story. That, that was very touching, and I had uh, two daughters that were 10 and 15, and I was the single parent, and having never been a teenage daughter, that, that was a challenge, to say the least. And they did, uh, went through a lot of anger, which was surprising in her story. She didn't have that seething anger that I, that I saw. Is that unusual? Mm-hmm. Um, she, she did not have the seething an- anger. It didn't appear in that article that, that she had that seething anger. Yeah, no, when... she did not. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about your daughter. Um, no, she didn't have the seething anger. She was confused. Um, you know, she had to make the choices. And, and I, I, I don't come from um, a broken family, so I don't really um, understand where they're coming from as far as that goes. But a lot of my friends, uh, during while I was growing up, I was a military brat in Europe. My dad was a Green Beret, so we were right outside of all the hot spots. I was in Berlin when the wall went up. And some of my friends' parents did get divorced, and it wasn't so much a seething anger as a fear that gripped them. Um, choices that they had to make, schools they were going to have to change, and um, where do they go from there? Is the parent they don't live with going to abandon them, and how are they going to deal with what the parent that they do choose to stay with, how are they going to deal with that parent's pain? Um, I think the parents were more angry than the children were that I saw. There was some anger in it, but mostly I think it was fear. Patricia, what's your experience with that, Ben? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good point, Kat, because I think at the at the um, core of it is the fear, right? And it is the fear surrounding the change. Um, the I, I, I am a divorced parent, and my kids were actually teenagers at the time. And, and, for, and I think, you know, maybe it speaks to the personality and how they, how they handle things. You know, I've met Sarah in person when I traveled, um, actually, uh, to the United Kingdom, and She's a very sweet, very um, passive kind of a personality. You know, Frank, I would imagine your your, your daughters maybe are a little bit more, um, you know, um, have a stronger personality. So I think Volatile. things manifest. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, you know, and then hormones do play a part as well. But um, um, I think it speaks to the... The, the personality, but absolutely, they're dealing with the fear and they're dealing with the loss. Um, 
And in, in Sarah's story, she actually was like a people pleaser. And she talked about when Kat was talking about how her parents were, were very different. Her personality was changing based on which parents she was living with and um, almost trying to emotionally support in many ways as well. So, so Sarah responded as a people pleaser. And then it took her many, many, many years later till she realized that she needed to find her own way and her own path. So... Um, so I think children will re- react differently based on their personalities. However, the underlying current, I believe, is absolutely, you know, the fear of the unknown because something is changing. Um, as a parent, I experienced a tremendous amount of guilt um, and wondering if I was impacting my children uh, negatively, how they were going to um, come out of it and, and so forth. So for parents, I would say... You know, the guilt is misplaced, and I think that, you know, every time you start to feel guilt, you know, replace it with, you know, a little bit of self-love and and love towards your children. And for the fathers, especially the fathers of the daughters, Frank, I have to say, um, I'm so happy to hear that, you know, that you, you know, are an active parent in raising your, your daughters because the daughters receive so much from the relationship with their father, and they receive so much of their own self-worth um, and understanding. And many times what may happen is the father becomes a little more absent, you know, a little bit more distant, and, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It just is the way maybe the dynamic shift. But to the dads listening, I would really encourage you to, to be very present in your daughter's lives after, uh, after a divorce because it will, it will shape them you know, and their relationships to come. So that would be my, my thoughts. And uh, another and, and word I would to... Want, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Go Kat. Ahead. Go ahead, Kat. I just wanted to add that, that the other thing is, um, you know, I worked with the, the profoundly emotionally disturbed for 10 years, and I, a lot of the students in my classroom were, were coming from uh, families that were, were getting divorced on top of everything else. And what I, I found they, they voiced over and over again was that the parents knew they were getting divorced or that the marriage wasn't working for years. But the divorce often came up and, and uh, blindsided the children. So you, ha- you have to remember that although the parents are aware that they're probably going to split and they're keeping um, uh, a good uh, face on, basically, for their children. Their children often know that something's wrong in the marriage, but it never occurs to them that their parents are going to split. So it's quite often they're surprised by it, whereas the parents know it's coming on. And so for them, it is quite a chaos immediately, and they become frightened because one of the first things that, that they feel, in a way, it's almost a death for them, a, the death of the life that they knew with both parents. And one of the, the uh, levels that they've got to move through is fear into being angry. So they're not even angry yet. They're just scared. Exactly. That's absolutely right. We have about four minutes here to go before we have to, to end. Kat, I took a, a few psychology courses in my life, and I remember hearing the term the butterfly effect. And since you taught psychology, could you tell the listeners in lay people's term, what, what is this butterfly effect of change? Well, you know, the butterfly effect kind of ter- started with the chaos theory 
saying that, that any change, anything, anywhere around the world affects the whole world. And so the butterfly effect is the idea that if a butterfly beats its wings, it's going to be felt around the world because it's going to change the air currents. So if a butterfly beats its wings in Germany, we may feel it right here in California because we're all connected through the earth plane. And, and you know, um, uh, we kind of take it a little bit further in the book by using emotions. When you read this book, if you give out a big sigh and go, oh, gosh, that just that's so true, that sigh can be felt around the world and may actually be the, wi- the wind beneath some other woman's wings who is still trying to fly out of her chaos and into clarity. Now, both of you had mentioned you're coming out with a, a book, too, uh, uh, Patricia, elaborate a little bit more on book two and what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, book one has just been so positively received and, and, and doing so incredibly well that we've had many people ask us, when is book two coming out? So we started talking and going, let's do a book two. And, um, and so we opened submissions actually just yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> if, if people go to Sacred storiespublishing.com and there's a there's a link for book project they can read all about it but basically we're asking for um, significant life events you know change events still still the heroine heroine's journey um, but ones that ultimately left you happier uh, at the end whether it was unexpected or unexpected happier and again that is your you know your perception in many ways so um, it's a great project. The book will launch in the fall of 2020. And in addition to being authors, we have all sorts of marketing and promotions and publicity that we provide for the, the contributing authors in the book. So um, I, we ha- aren't doing the title or cover reveal yet, but I can tell you it's awesome. And I would love to have um, you know, many of your listeners go to the website and check it out and, and connect with us. Ladies and gentlemen, first off, get the book. And second, if you have a story, submit it. Uh, They do a tremendous job here. Well, as I mentioned, we're almost out of time. This show has gone way too fast. Let me thank Patricia and Kat again for sharing this story of chaos to clarity with us. Again, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. There's some things I want you to remember, folks, that are out there. No matter what life throws at you, I want you to do three things. I want you to look up, get up, and never, ever give up. Now, if you missed any of this episode or you want to hear any of our shows, it's available on demand at any number of places, now including iHeartRadio, Google, and Alexa, who recently have picked up the show. Let me leave you with this. Ladies and gentlemen, none of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Patricia and Kat showed us where a lot of those rocks are. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week for another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Cop.